Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Adam Young, editor of the Lubbock Avalanche Journal, and this is The Lead. In this weekly podcast, we highlight some of the big stories impacting Lubbock and the South Plains. I visit with a few of our reporters. We talk a bit about what they're working on and stories they expect to share in the coming days. So let's get started. And now I'm joined by the Avalanche Journal's business reporter, Alana Edgen, and our trends and breaking news reporter, Mateo Rosillas. I know, Alana, you've got some updates on, uh, I guess, some local businesses, as you usually do. Uh, some interesting ones this week, including a, uh, I guess, a tasty adventure you and Mateo have coming up this upcoming Saturday. Yeah, we're going to be checking out Snooze and AM Eatery. That is the full name of this place. I haven't heard of it before, but apparently it is pretty popular in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and we were very kindly given an invitation to go check it out prior to their opening on March 29th, so we'll be able to get a little bit of a sneak peek before everyone else gets to. So what do they promise to have here? Well, from what I've seen so far, they are really well known for their pancake flight, and some of their more popular pancakes are the pineapple upside-down pancake. That sounds interesting. Noted. And they also have some plant-based and gluten-free options for the people who need that. So it seems like it'll be a pretty nice mix, and it'll add to the breakfast-slash-brunch options, which is one of my favorite things to do on the weekend. Yeah, just looking at some of the photos on their website and social media, they've um, got a nice um, offering of some of the normal like brunch cocktails and things like that. Is that what you're expecting Saturday morning? I'm hopeful. We'll see what we get. So how did you get looped into this, Mateo? I love food. <laughs> I always love food. And she just asked me, she's like, do you want to go? I was like, yeah, sure, I'll go. I was like, I can never say no to brunch anymore. Mm-hmm. Favorite brunch items? I love pancakes. So I'm excited for the pancake flight one. French toast is my absolute favorite. I will get that every single time. You can judge a place so much by how well they do their French toast. Understood. Do you, do you like the powdered sugar sprinkled on it or is that, uh, is that not necessary? go either way. I do appreciate the powdered sugar, and I really like when they put strawberries, cream on there. There's some really great options. Understood. I hope they do like the, uh, the like made-to-order omelet bar. I always like those things. Those are cool. You've got that coming up, and then the, the down in Wolferth, La Placida is opening, like a new brick-and-mortar? Yes. It's actually the same woman who owns Rico Empanadas, which I did a story on, I believe, earlier last year. And she was an absolutely wonderful woman. I'm so glad that she's moving into this new location. She's going to have full brick and mortar. And I'm excited to see what she brings to the area. She's really great with her Puerto Rican food. And I think it's going to be really good. I'm very excited for the opening on April 1st. And now it's past spring break. It's warming up a bit. You've got some springy updates coming um, in April, including uh, I think it's Little Red Nursery. They're uh, expanding. Yes, they will be opening their massive greenhouse, which I wrote about several months ago. That will be really cool, and it's also 
There's also plans to turn it into a venue, so maybe people can go and get married in the beautiful greenhouse events and doing more classes over there, which I certainly need. I would love to be able to grow plants and not have them die so quickly. Understood. Anything else on your radar? So we have a couple new businesses that will be popping up sooner than later. We're going to be having our end of the month wrap up coming. I believe I have it slated to go on April 2nd. So it'll be a little bit later than it was last time, but I'm hoping we get some more businesses rolling in. And Uptown Cheapskate has just opened their doors to purchase items from people. So everyone who's listening should go check that story out and see what that's all about. So they're gathering, uh, I guess, inventory for their like resale operation? Yes. And where is that located again? That is located at the former David's Bridal. Understood. And then I know to kind of switch gears a bit, Mateo, um, this uh, past Sunday, you had a, a deep dive looking at the um, much talked about Puff Fund and uh, some funding mechanisms that um, Texas Tech and U of H, uh, University of Houston have been looking at. But uh, what were you hoping to share with our audience and uh, folks around the state about the Puff Fund with this story? Yeah, so this the whole plan of this story is kind of explain what the Puff Fund is. Um, I know there's been a lot of talks, especially with this, uh, uh, this session now in Austin, about Texas Tech wanting to be added to the Puff Fund and why it's kind of kind of more or less difficult because it is a constitu it's in the uh, Texas Constitution. So it kind of needs a constitutional amendment to even add someone to the Puff Fund. And even then, you have to change a lot of the funding mechanisms because the biggest thing that those of us here in West Texas um, advocate for is that the land that is used in the Puff Fund to fund the Puff Fund, the $33 billion fund, comes from the oil and the surface mineral rights oils and, sorry, the surface rights and mineral uh, income from the West Texas area. So there's 19 co uh, counties here in West Texas that are funding this Puff Fund and Texas Tech is not receiving any of it. So that's kind of the big drive on why people want to add Texas Tech to this. But I kind of go into explaining of like why it's kind of a complicated situation because you need the both the House and Senate to pass this constitution um, bill, then you need the governor to sign it, then you need to put it up for a vote and it needs to pass statewide. So it's just a lot of steps in place. Um, but there are um, certain bills in the Senate right now in the House that are looking to restructure the Puff Fund in a way that constitute a new funding mechanism for U of H and Texas Tech. Yeah, I mean, just just dealing with uh, or visiting with uh, lawmakers from around the state and just other reporting we've seen from around the state, it doesn't seem like there's necessarily an appetite to uh, change the current system. But like you're like you're mentioning, perhaps create this different funding mechanism for uh, these emerging universities like Tech or mm -hmm. uh, or Houston. Yeah. So there's something called the base bill for appropriations in the House and Senate. So that's House Bill 1 and Senate Bill 1. And that's kind of disturbing, uh, figuring out the funding for the state. And in that funding, there's about a billion dollars for Texas Tech set aside for research funding. Um, but then lawmakers want to even go into a next step, especially with um, Senator Charles Perry and um, Senate Joint Resolution 69, and kind of establishing a mechanism to keep those funds to keep operating as usual. So finding a way for some cash flow to go into those funds so Tech and U of H can continue using them as needed. Um, but that would be specifically more or less for research. While the Puff Fund can be used for construction projects and for administration um, for the systems, for Texas, um, 
University of Texas and A&M. So it's kind of a bit different, but there is a mechanism to help funding, especially for Texas Tech, since we are Carnegie One um, Tier One School for Research and we are gaining national funding from um, federal governments. And then also switching gears again, but also staying near the Texas Tech campus. I know uh, you'd spent the last several months looking at the planning and zoning case for the um, I guess, proposed housing uh, facility uh, development that um, the city council a couple of weeks ago rejected the zoning for, but you've been keeping an eye on that, looking at upcoming uh, planning and zoning agendas and a couple other moving parts. Any updates on that? Not that I've seen right now. I think the most recent update that we got was um, a permit to start demolishing the um, attended land, but I haven't seen anything um, going on there as far as um, demolishing the buildings or anything like that. But we are keeping a close eye on those planning and zoning commission meeting agendas, um, just in case this agenda item somehow sneaks its way back onto it. And then we will definitely follow that and make sure that everyone in the community is um, up to date on what the current situation is with that. Sounds good. Thanks, Mateo. Thanks, Lena. Thank you. There's a lot going on around our community, and we love your story ideas and tips. Please feel free to reach out to me at ayoung at labaconline.com give me a call or hit me up on social media. Here's hoping the week ahead brings great news and developments to Lubbock in our area. The lead is produced with the help of the Avalanche Journal's trends and breaking news reporter Mateo Rusilis and photo editor Annie Rice. Thank you for listening and I look forward to checking back in with you next week. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.